Yo, what up? <laughs> Yo. Welcome to, the, welcome to Under the Skylights. We're out here. It's your boy, Young XP. I'm here with LMD. Mm-hmm. What's up, man? Currently known as Jordan Drummond, soon to be known as... It's going to be known as Conville. Conville, baby. And we got Stefan Frost, also known as the it, Stefan Frost. Okay. I, can, I guess you can put the D in front of it. We, yeah. we, we call him Frost now. Yeah, Frost. just last yeah. night. We got, we got Frosty out here. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> we don't we don't throw that extra while on that one. All right, we got Frost out here. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. All right, let's get into it. All right, let's see. So, Conville, mm-hmm. how'd you come up with that one? It's actually a good story. Like, no, I didn't just BS it. This is like, so essentially, right? I'm sitting there. It all started with me wanting to change my Instagram name because it was just Jordan X Drumming for like the last year and a half, and I was like, I hate the way it looks. I want something like short, sweet. So I was like, well, I've been trying to come up with a new stage name for a while because I was just doing Jordan Drummond. So essentially, right, the Ville part is just an homage to my biggest inspiration, J. Cole, right? Because he has he's from Fayetteville, North Carolina. He has labeled Dreamville. And then... Um, Evanstonville? No, not <laughs> Evanston. I don't, I don't want to call back to Evanston. Evanston is just like... The town. It's whatever. It's just the town. Yeah. If I did Con Town or some shit. Oh, that would be wild. But the con part is just about the type of music I want to make, right? Conscious music. Yeah. But the deeper level, right? Now, this is where it gets good. Ville, everyone knows it's short for village, right? Village is just like a group of people. Village is also just in general um, a group, a town of people who are learning, growing together as like a, like a one, one body of people, as you would say. And con, if you look up C-O-double-N... It means the captain of a vessel who steers a ship. So essentially, the word I'm creating is Conville is supposed to be a leader or steerer of people, like a captain of the village and stuff like that. So it's supposed to be my music is supposed to lead people towards a, a better like way, essentially. So it's more of like a declaration than it is just like a name. That's fire. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think it's really interesting the way you came up with that, especially since you haven't taken French. But I mean, <laughs> you gotta you gotta get your inspiration from somewhere. You feel me? Yeah, Stefan, what have you been up to? Uh, not too much actually. I've been mm. at school at Dominican, you know, co-stars, doing some graphic design stuff recently. Uh, just been trying to make sure that after after school, I'm trying to do stuff that I want to do. Yeah. I mean. I've always had an interest in art, so I feel like graphic design was a good gateway to get either into more uh, artistic things. And, uh, I mean, Dominican's still in Illinois, so I get that nice little space from home, but, like, not too far, you feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to try and do, like, marketing? I was, yeah, I was thinking about maybe going that way for it, but uh, I haven't done too much with it, like, as in for stuff in like marketing or business type of venues. I know there's like a couple of classes I could take to maybe get me more introduced to that lane. But uh right now we just really focusing on getting those uh gen eds done, you feel? Yeah. Yeah. That's fire. And what have you been up to, Will? Oh yeah. So I've been at school. Yes, sir. Uh during the pandemic I took a semester off and went to Hawaii. I learned oh, how wow. to surf. Okay. <laughs> Did a lot of service. Damn. Got in touch with my spiritual side. Mm. Got some frosted tips for a bit. Oh, Cut that. Really? Went to school, did my thing, got really into mm. the film stuff, majoring in film, so the music mm. videos are about to be, they're about to be something, <laughs> okay. and then hopefully, and then, um, yeah, I made the expansion too while at school, mm-hmm. I made the beats, 
while I was living in like a moldy room. I had to move out, mm-hmm. finished the album up in a studio. I linked up with this kid, Ash Ray, shout out. He, um, he and I, he was like a jazz pianist. He didn't really know much about producing and I knew enough about producing. So it was like, I would teach him stuff. He would lay down some keys on my songs. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was all good vibes, how my friends pull up. We had that little behind the scenes video I dropped. And yeah, right now working on a new tape, a night out on the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a seven song little mixtape. Maybe eight, depending, you know, if you get that remix in. But uh, it'll, it, should be, it should be good. Uh, watch out for it in uh, August or September. I'm mm. thinking September. Wow. So now I got it. Actually, I got, I got, now that you were talking, I got a question in terms of music. And you can answer this too, Stefan. Okay. In terms of, like where, 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 where do you see yourself in a couple of years with, like, your creative passions? Mm. See, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's... If I get work as a writer right out of college or mm. I figure something out within the first year or two, like submit scripts to places, then that would be great because I'm taking a class at, uh, at school this fall at Michigan Go Blue. Um, and it's uh, you have a full-length screenplay under your belt. Mm-hmm. And then next year, I'll take one where you ha- revise it and rewrite it from page one, like completely rewrite it. So then you have this really polished script. And then after that, for my second semester senior year, there's a class where you can take where you... Um, get a 10-week deadline, like a real Hollywood deadline to write and rewrite a script. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and you submit it to all these grants and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to work on a pilot right now in the fall. I'm talking to this uh, someone at school who's never produced before, but she's like, I'm really trying to be a producer. Mm-hmm. So if that gets made, I can start pitching that. And hopefully in like five, 10 years, I'm either working as a writer or something like that, making my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Who knows, maybe the music will pop off. I'm not going to stop with that, but like career wise, I think I'm going to really push film for a little mm-hmm. bit. Feel that, feel that. Uh, for me, I'm hoping I'm actually out of Illinois. Ooh, uh, I'm wow. thinking, yeah, I'm thinking Trader. South. I'm thinking, you know, Atlanta, go out, yeah. see, what's, see what's like out there. You know, a lot of creatives down there. <laughs> why wait, why a Atlanta? Of, a lot of black people down there. Ah, I was trying to get more, more introduced to see how. Interacting with people, especially people that are a part of that, you know, community, you mm-hmm. know, kinfolk, would affect how I create a lot of my art. Because I feel mm. like, as I am right now, it's very stagnant. I do have my own vision or style, I would want to say. But it's just based off of minimalism, which, I mean, isn't too bad. But I want to mm. see what else I can do, you know, fully explore yeah. it. So, that's where I'm thinking right now. Uh, obviously, it's going to change down the line. But hopefully... We can see if Atlanta is the fit for me. If not, mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking maybe like Col- uh, Colorado or just other areas where like that design and like art scene is like mm-hmm. still it's still in it in infancy, but it's starting to like really bumble and uh, like get mm-hmm. to that bustling rate. You feel me? Right. And Denver's popping. Yeah. Right now. What about you? Where are you going? For me, within five years, I'm I'm gonna be locked in somewhere. Whether like right now, post production is probably where I'll be like right out of college, and probably doing some work on like film and TV just for the audio side. But I'm locked in music wise, and I'm 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 pretty sure I'm gonna be consistently making music for the next like ten years. And now the question is whether if it blows up or not. Right. I think so. You got the bars. I think so. You got the bars. You got the passion. Yeah. Your beats are crazy right now. I know. I get. <laughs> hey, listen. 
Hold on. I go, nah, I, I'll say you something later when I when I finish like mixing them, but I got some heat, bro. Yeah, like, dude. I've been locked into these last couple of days and some crazy beats, but five years, I'm trying to be like really making some bread off this. Yeah. Mm, I mean, yeah. you probably can. Yeah. We might have to get into it. Evanston low-key, socially, mm-hmm. mad segregated. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get, in, let's let's, get let's into it. Let's see your takes. Man, Evanston is segregated as hell, bro. And now it's not even, right now it's not even race. It's economic segregation at this point. Because it's like, Evanston wants to be progressive. Like, I call it like a border town. It's a border to the better towns, oh, to yeah. be honest. And so- yeah. In the south, like we we were there um, last weekend at the in South Evanston, we were shooting something, right? The south yeah. End, yeah, South End. You know what I'm saying? Born and raised. Man. Shout out, South End, right? If you want to shout it's, out, it has not changed in like the last fifteen plus years. Not at man. all. Mm-mm. It's not different. Like we were seeing like all types of just ignorance and just poverty, and it's just like damn. And then you come up it's here, like southwest you, though, right? Because really? southeast the cribs are like you go over a street. Yeah, you, you cross Ridge, you cross Chicago Avenue. Yeah, near yeah. the near the uh, lake. Yeah. yeah, it's it's built different Caribos. over there. Ribos. Right. We used to. Uh, I think. I don't know if he actually came actually, but uh, me, Dono, Donovan, and E, Ethan, we drove over there like one time, and we just we just looked at him because we were in the awe like what type of cribs were actually over there. Y'all saw the wraparound porch ones. Nah, there was one that was literally at the end of the street. Like, you yeah. had to go through almost like it should have been gated type of feeling. And it was just like a big house. Uh-huh. You had to like literally reverse out to actually get I know back exactly to where we were going. What you're yeah, about. right it by was like just, Lee Street Beach or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was just wild because to see that and then go back to our, you know, cribs <laughs> and be like, we, we live in a state where that's like almost accessible to out. Anyone right. that has a car, those are M's wild. though. Like, I've yeah. done, I've done the little uh, the Zillow. Yeah, the Zillow yeah. searches where you just go and you just say ten million dollar houses, and you just you just scrolling through. You're like, damn. And what's crazy is, yeah, kid who sits next to you in math class is right there. You Ooh. could, yeah, like the kid who sits next to you in math class. Ah. that's what that's what's good about the high school mm. is that it really doesn't matter. You know, like in terms of the academics, like. Yeah, you know they try and make it so it's a level field. They lie yeah. to me. But socially, yeah. I mean, after freshman year, it just kind of I felt like oh yeah, just split. Yeah, you had to get in there early, or else everyone's gonna click up. Or just fast. play yeah. sports. Yeah, but then if you play sports, you really are just gonna hang out with either the rich kids or the white kids, right? Because those are the people yeah. that are like constantly going to the games. Yeah. yeah, I I never been to, not never. My whole time in in high school, I never went to one football game, bro. Those it's are not, fun. It's not that crazy. I've been to some when my sister was actually yeah. there, and we're four years apart, so it is a different experience. But it's not like completely well, removed. Also, we had Dean Soriano. Uh, oh, anybody yeah. who would do anything. Like so many kids were put on social probation by senior years. That the senior section was ten kids. Damn. Like I would go to the games because I had a couple friends on the football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a couple friends in the marching band. So, you know, me and some buddies, we'd go to the, some of the games, you know. It was just something to do on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was more just fun just to, you know, kick in with my boys. But it's not like, if you go out to Palatine, that school went 1-8 and eight when my brother played his senior year. They, oh my God. He said they lost every game and had the best student section ever. 
Because those kids, unlike us, we have the lake mm-hmm. by the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have nothing to do on a Friday night. Uh, so if we didn't, because like you can, there's so much you can get up to when you're in Evanston on a yeah. Friday night. Yeah. I feel like that ruins school spirit a bit for us. Mm. But at the same time, you'd go to the games and there'd be a section. It, it'd be like there would be the salt section and the pepper section. Best way to put it. I mean, because we got everything. We're not like we're not one of the schools that's just like, oh, lacrosse is our only game yeah. or football. It's like we have damn near everything. Soccer, swimming. basketball, <clears throat> swimming, uh, tennis. And our our women's sports were just as good as the guys. Yeah. Like boys basketball, girls basketball girls usually volleyball. went just as far. Girls volleyball is way better than the guys. Oh, yeah. But that was also a coaching problem. Mm. That was um, true. Uh, shout out the girls volleyball team. Shout out to um, them. Shout out ETHS no, volleyball. No, no shout outs. No, I'm coaching. No this free summer. clout. No free yeah, clout. I'm coaching. They, they, no, they got new bro. coaches. Yeah. They, did? they got. They revamped the program. Yes. Yeah. Oh, coach. Uh, did you ever know Coach Stan? Stan. No. Antoine. Stan. Antoine. He works at Shoot. Yeah. He, um, oh. he was on the when Levitino <clears throat> coached yeah. volleyball. They won a state back to back. He was on both those teams. Damn. He's, dude. He's one of the best coaches ever. This man knows how to motivate. Like, I was on a team. It was me and Scott Majera. We were the only white guys. I remember we were at like Niles West or something, mm. and the ref was not calling any calls. And Stan mm. goes, "I look around, I see, I don't see a group of kid, diverse people. I see a group of people. I see a group of brothers. I see a group of people about to go to war together to win this match. I see a group of people who are overcoming every challenges that they've been faced with together. Instead, you know, I see a group that's better together than the sum of its parts. So let's go out there and play the cleanest volleyball we can because we're not going to get a call." They don't like the way we look, but mm-hmm. that doesn't matter because we're just we'll just be better. We can't. We'll give them a. We won't give them a reason to take anything away from us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, but did y'all win? We did. Yes, sir. Uh, twenty-five to twenty-three in set three. Damn, that was sir. a battle. Yeah, somebody should be recording that. That's like a remember the Titans type. For when sure. I if I make it in this movie, movie thing and I'm making a sports movie, uh-huh. I'm just gonna quote him word by word. Yeah, like he's also great too. Because one time some kid was talking to Scott. On the other team, and I said, "Come on, and then do something about it." Then, mm. and the coaches heard me, and Stan he laughed. Coach Brenner didn't quite know what to do. Coach Brieva jaw dropped. Oh yeah, she actually lives across the street. Shout out, coach! Shout out, coach! Shout Brieva. out to Coach Brieva. She's the sweetest woman ever. Yeah, <laughs> great coach. How me like, dude? She's if mm. you ever know if you ever get a chance to meet Liz Brieva, give her a hug. Like she will, she will brighten your life. She's, she will. She is. She could be the Messiah. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> like. She's just, she's the best. Yeah. But she, um, you know, Stan comes up to me and said, you know, the coaches, you know, we're going to have a talk with you. But I, I said I would do it. He goes, good for you for sticking up for your teammate. Mm-hmm. Just uh, be a little quieter next time. I said, I got you. Nah. You got to be. No, he's like, he's just like, don't let the refs hear it is what he meant. The ref, what, the refs would kick you off for that? I got, we got yellow cards. Uh, That's crazy that there's cards in volleyball. Haters. That's it's why. just for behavior. Yeah. I mean, but if they're, if they're they're bothering y'all and you just say, "Yo, you if you really got a problem, come over here and let's see what, what your problem is." But it's, I think it's because of the proximity. Like, especially if you're in the front row, you're yeah. right there. You're so like, right if something there. popped off, you could really get into it. Right, and I only played in the front row. Bro, tangle that motherfucker in the rim. There were a lot of times where I would just go up to the net and say some goofy and just uh-huh. have fun. And there were a lot of times where I would get into it. Like I, I get in trouble because I'd be like, "My house." I go up a bit. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> My house. <laughs> I love trash talk. I, I would. I go up a bit. You shouldn't even play volleyball against me. I'm just gonna block you. And what did yeah. they say? They said, "I right, bet." And then I block them. 
Come game on. over. Yep. Game over. Sometimes they would hit me, hit around me, and I go, "Lucky, do it again. You won't." Damn. And they would do it again, and I said, "All right, lightning strikes twice, I guess, but it won't strike a third time." Block Damn, up. You, you, you turn up the trash talk sliders. The Good max. Boy, in a sports yes. movie for real, bro. For real. That man was living his dream. I was, I was the bully on the court. Yes, sir. Off the court, go up to him. Hey, great game. Had a lot of fun. You know, like <laughs> that's what you need, though. Like that's that's the point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Let's get back to this Evanston talk, though. Like, what was your like? As someone who grew up on the north side of Evanston, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate growing up with, you know, I've been able to experience some of the finer things in life, I would say. Yeah. You know, I'm very lucky. Shout out my parents. You yes, know, sir. Both doctors, out. too. Put that out there, man. Yeah. As someone who grew up kind of like on the other side, you could say, mm. you know, it was sometimes weird in Evanston to see it kind of push off but I also went to Haven which of all the middle schools is like the whitest one I went to Willard where they would have to bus kids in for diversity like mm-hmm. mm. it was but you know it was never like I was never you know when we would drive down Sheridan Road I'd be like mm-hmm. oh yeah I know who lives in that house yeah. mm. like I would you know like oh the kid who I've known since elementary school is the kid in that you know crib mm-hmm. you know but like I don't know like what was it like for you guys you want to go first? <laughs> I can go first. You volunteered that. me. That's your hood, bro. Uh, I, I would say it's, it's harder to feel like you belong is my experience in Evanston. Because I had a great opportunity to be a part of the ACC. Shout out to the ACC. Yes, sir. Shout out ACC. It was the African curriculum. African-centered curriculum. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, so that was at Oton. So that was my elementary school experience, just learning more about you know, African-Americans are just African in general. And that really helped solidify who I was or the part of me that uh, identify as African-American. Mm-hmm. And through that, I met Jordan and met some other oh, people yeah. that I still talk to. Shout out to Joe Davis. Shout out to Chine Temple. <laughs> Shout out to Joe Davis. Yeah. Yo, Joe, if, if, you, if you hear this, bro, Joe, answer your phone, bro. He answered. Joe, if you he, hear this, we'll get you on the thing. next episode. Oh, oh my God. We're going to get him on the next episode. Yes, sir. Joe, please. Please, Joe. I remember oh he drafted me first overall in gym class for basketball, and I said, that is the worst decision you could have ever made, but let's ride. Yes, sir. That's love. But it just, it made it a lot easier, because then when you get into, like, middle school, I went to shoot, so that didn't help too yeah. much with diversity, but I started to see it. I started to see the cracks, you know, the marbling, as uh, I would like to call it, mm-hmm. and then I went to ETHS, which was probably the biggest change, because I saw the people that I, I went to school with either in shoot or right. maybe even from Oton there, but they just changed. It was either because yeah. of their friend group or like the classes they were taking because they were there was kids stressed out about classes, which was really foreign to me because I mean I'm I'm all right with my academics. I'm not like the best scholar, but I'm not really not putting effort into what I do, especially when it comes to classwork and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it made it a lot harder to like still have that type of camaraderie with them because they were getting into other things, whether it was athletics or they were doing maybe theater, which was kind of foreign to me because they don't really have those type of classes or like accessibilities too much, especially where I was growing up or like going to often. Uh, So I just noticed that like people were being, you know, are changing and I realized that with that, it was going to have to also be something that I would have to adapt. Like, everyone changes. That's just something inevitable. But to 
realize how you adapt to that change is what really makes makes or break uh, how you view the world and how you actually move in it. And I mean, I I think it came out decent for me. I know mm-hmm. that I still live in a bubble, even if it isn't uh, as clear as it was back in the day. You know, mm-hmm. growing up has changed my values and stuff like that. But you know, that's just life, and Evanston is a uh, is a part of my life. The town, yes, the sir. Town. What about town. you, Jordan? Before, before I go, did you spend a lot of time in like like outside in the community, like out like doors, just chilling? Or did you? Uh, no, nah, I was mostly indoors, no cap. Uh, Were you at the Fleetwood parties back in the day? <laughs> that boy was. Man, listen, dog. Okay. My relationship with Evanston is just, it's it's crazy because I had like the prototypical black growing, like youth. Because like, I was just always outside playing basketball, just hanging out with people. That's why if I go out of South Evanston, I just see a lot of people I know. That's why we're talking I think we were talking before we started recording about how it's just weird to go back there. And I have like a lot of imposter syndrome now because, mm. because Evanston gives you a lot of opportunity. And especially if you're like uh, a person of color with any type of drive or any type of discipline, you're going to progress pretty far because the opportunities are there. Yeah. But then it's like, once I got to like junior year of high school, like you're taking honors classes, you're doing like Evanston scholars and stuff like that. Yeah. And you go to college, it's like, it feels weird to just like you go from a community where everyone's outside, threat of violence is around the corner sometimes, there are some drugs and police problems, but then it's like you come here and it's like happy go lucky, white girls and stuff like that. And like I'll go to liberal arts college. So it's like all the alt girls and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a weird vibe to go from. And in Edmiston, I never felt I never felt out of place until I started to climb the ladder a little bit. Because you never really thought about anything deep because like when you're at Fleetwood, when you're uh, in the West End or you're in the South End or you're going into Rogers Park on Howard Street, you don't really think about it. And when you're with your friends at school who may not be black, you don't really think about it. But then as you're really starting to get to some place of status or success, you're like, damn, it really is like two different worlds. Yeah. Like sometimes like I've gone with you, you guys sometimes, Stefan, um, when you and Dono and Ethan, they, they would go up to like North Evanston, yeah, um, and they just Go see the houses and we just shit. look at it, and it's yeah. like for somebody to live like that is crazy because, like, they're not that far from us, they're like 10 15 minutes away, not even sometimes, right? Some people across the street, yeah, mm-hmm. but I, but like Stefan was saying, I really I appreciate it because it, it makes me hungry for that type of success to be mm. that comfortable, and it's almost like a drive. Going like being able to go back and forth between both worlds, it's like okay, when I'm in Evanston in the south side of Evanston, it's like the things that I see makes me want to do better, and then when I go to the north side, it reinforces the lifestyle I want to get to, yeah. And so, it's kind of just it's a gift and a curse, pretty much. It's a gift and a curse, right? Because it's funny when people I know mm-hmm. think of South Evanston, they think of by the lake, oh, ribs, yeah. like north side kids, are like, yeah, bro, South Evanston got it made, like. Big cribs, this and that. But then you go to the South End, the West End. It's a little mm. different. You know, like, have you ever, like, wanted to hang out with someone, but they're like, nah, like, my parents won't let me. They don't think it's safe. No. Yeah. You've had that? I've yeah. never had that situation. Not, I, not like, not in, in those exact words, but it's kind of just like, this is where I am. And mm. if you want to come to my world, this is my world. And it's like, yeah, I'm not vibing. I just noticed that about that. people. I haven't had that type of 
encounter when they're like, yeah, I'm not going. Because I told them where it was, mm-hmm. there would be like sudden, or not sudden, but slight differences in their way that they would act or just being a little more uh, observant when they're in like either near Howard or like near the train because that's kind of where I stay at. And it's, it is like necessary, I'm not going to lie, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's just kind of wild to see somebody that you would like talk about fucking French movies with start to like looking over their shoulder every five seconds just to be sure. Yeah, because it's like, for us, it's natural. Yeah. Like, you see, like, I want to say, call, I want to call it crackheads, but you see the people who are on the street yeah. and stuff like that, and you don't think anything of it. You just kind of walk and you do your thing. And when you go to a, a community, when you live in a community where you never even have to even, that thought, like, I don't know if you notice, you probably do. In our communities, you guys unlock your doors a lot sometimes. <laughs> we literally just no, walked no, I mean, into this man's house right. when we came in. I mean, like, we are also our home. Like, when we uh-huh. go out, we lock the doors. When it's nighttime, we lock the doors. But mm-hmm. yeah, dude, like, I I have friends who I just walk in the door of their house. Mm-hmm. Back door open. Basement door open. Front <laughs> door. One of my boys, because my house, back when we lived on uh, by Sarkis, mm-hmm. when, we would, when we would pull up, uh, or, you know, when people come to my house, they would, you know, text me here. I'd get them from the front door because that's just how it was. Mm-hmm. One of my boys, Jack, of course, huh. just walks in the back door one day and goes, so you locked the front door now. Mm. Oh, my God. And, you know, this was back before uh-huh. he was, like, over all the time. Mm-hmm. Dude, Jack is, like, a, a third child to my parents. My parents, <laughs> like, that's, that man's family. But, like, mm-hmm. when this was before that, right? Mm-hmm. So my dad, he's going up to like, introduce himself. He's like, hello, you must be Jack. And Jack goes, Sup, and my dad goes, "It's my house. That's what's up." Now introduce yourself. Wow, Jack is a yeah. character, man. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, so. it's what I also noticed too is uh-huh. you know you're, the nicer the neighborhood, the more people jogging. Yeah, mm-hmm. I literally at night too. That. Like if people mm-hmm. are jogging at night, dude, safe neighborhood. Yeah, safe neighborhood. We noticed that when we were dropping uh, you and your sister off. Uh, we saw the new Thor movie yesterday. Yes, me, sir. Trash. Don't spoil. Don't spoil. Don't spoil. It's trash. Don't parents, spoil. My, uh, I've seen it with my grandma. Uh, my boy Jordan and his sister. And we uh, were dropping him and his sister off. And we just saw this white lady just jogging. And it was like 11 or something. We were like, wow. They're just doing this shit now. Bro, it's... Bro, I, I hate living where we live right now. <laughs> because, bro, the college kids into the town, bro. Because I, I go from a place where it's like... It, I won't call it a sundown town, but it's just like when and then the sun is down, everyone's in their house, everyone's doing their thing, and the only people outside are people getting into the mix and they're doing whatever they're doing, right? That's where people get robbed, or people get raped and all that stuff. And then over here, people just be out like chilling, relaxing, walking, dogs yeah. and stuff, and it's just like, damn, Northside yeah. do it like this over here. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, if I'm in the Northside mm-hmm. and it's nighttime. I go for a stroll. Like if I'm coming back, when I worked at Hardigans, mm. I would walk home. I mean, I also lived like five blocks away. Yeah, mm. I walked home, never a threat. Mm. In the north side, like you never look over your shoulder. It could be three in the morning, you know. Mm. Crazy how it, different it is. I mean, like, yeah, you're just you're chilling. Like you feel you feel invincible because nothing ever happens. And then um, I don't know. I mean. But what's even crazier is, cause you know I'm, I'm like oh I'm from the north side like it's different mm-hmm. out here. When I went to school, I was, I was in, the I was in a frat for a little bit, mm-hmm. and amongst the frat I felt like one of the poorest kids. Wow. And it was because it was kids with 
four houses, six boats. Damn. It was kids who fly private. Mm. It was kids who do all that. And what's crazy is it feels like people are kind of out of touch. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. Like, if you, if you know, like, you have it well off, that's cool. And, like, but there's kids, like, I feel bad. My little cousin... My mm. uncle, you know, his job makes him travel around. He just they just moved to London. Wow. Um, they my cousin he, he grew up in Kenya mm. and New Delhi. He's actually mm. American African. It's really funny. He's mm. American. He's you know white kid, mm-hmm. born, raised for like he this he speaks Swahili fluently. Mm. Wow. You know, like, Kenya is home to him. Damn. Lived in New Delhi for a bit, and mm. New Delhi, dude, like India has poverty yeah i mean we think we see poverty in america like it's just different out there right oh like, yeah it's, so this, it's this, different this kid knows and he said he went to a, a little school dance mm-hmm. and some kid was making fun of him because his black shoes were sneakers and not you know dress shoes or gucci mm-hmm. wow because the kid's dad is a billionaire like he was so out of touch he, he thought like bragging about his money is what made him cool I asked a kid once at school, I was mm. like, he said, yeah, we fly private to the Ozarks. I said, you fly private? He goes, oh, yeah. And he showed me pictures from a photo shoot they had on the, on the landing. And I just went, and this is normal. Like, that's, just, that's not normal. Yeah, this know? is nah. making me mad, bro, low-key. It's wild, though, because that, it's not even the sum of their products. Like, mm, their parents no. did that. And obviously, when you're parenting someone... You, I'm not a parent. I don't want to say obviously. (laughs) Wait, when you're parenting someone, you have to make sure you instill either your morals or the idea that morals is like important. Right. Because Mm -hmm. people have various experiences throughout life, and having that type of ability to be able to go to the Ozarks or fly private isn't something common amongst a lot of people. So if you don't like tell them that or they don't understand that, they can be really just. They can have that idea that it is, and it it will make them way way out of touch for like a vast right. area or just part of the community that they're gonna be in. Cause it's like the main thing they do is like I understand is the point is you're supposed to make that money and you're supposed to have a comfortable life for your kids so they yeah. don't have to worry about the things that you did when you were younger. But there is like. A beauty in the struggle and the journey of getting to someplace, mm-hmm. and you lose that kind of context to what life is about or what your the goals are. Like you don't Why have you any goals it. at that point. It's like, yeah. well, I, like I work hard because I want to retire my parents, right? Right. And it's like, if your parents don't even have to worry about retirement because they they can relax and they can stop working whenever they want, or like you don't have to worry about growing. Like like for example, I, I like we work hard at music because we love it and we want to get better and, and blah blah blah. But if you could just say no, I just pay somebody to make me a beat and whatever, and I just spit uh-huh. whatever and then put right. it out on we, high production value. It's like what's the point of working for anything? Right, because we put our we put ourselves like we put our hearts. Into right, this, we really do that, and and there's I mean, a lot of pressure too because it's like we could fail bad. Oh yeah, but I think also well for me. Part of the thing is because I know, like, you know, I don't mm. have my parents can retire themselves. Like, mm. My dad, you know, my mom, they're two of the hardest working people I know. Like, mm. but they're, we're, we're comfortable. Mm. But for me, I feel like my job with the music is more to impact people, to let them mm. know they're not alone. Because mm. I've had, because my music's not like, oh, I've been struggling, I made it out the mud. No, that's not my experience. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I've really been down. I've been like depressed. I've been mm. heartbroken, you know, this and that. I want to let you know if you're going through it, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've had the experience. It almost it brings tears to my eyes to think about it. 
uh, we had a family friend. He came up to me and he kid kid was like 11, 12, 13 at the time. And he goes, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Your son Mordecai and the Rigby's man. Like I listen to it when I'm sad. It brings me up. It lets me know like things are going to be okay. Like mm, that's real. Like it's something yeah. I turn to. And to me, that's crazy that I, and just one person that I impacted like that, it was mm. crazy. And it's like, all right, now this impacts a hundred people, yeah. a thousand people, a million people. Like let's make the world a better place. Mm. through our music and the side effects will be this what you know the side of it's not for the money mm. that's just a side effect mm. yeah you know but like i'll say this too because my i'm very lucky my parents from mm. the jump were like you got to work hard mm. my dad's had a job since he was 10 years old you know he was like in the summer she was like you got to work and i'm like dad employment's a little different these days than <laughs> in the 80s and he goes you know but he you know but he, you know, he really instilled in me, and my mom did too, like, you work hard. And for a while, I was coasting. Like, up until sophomore year of high school, I could just kind of coast, get by, just show up. That's when we met, yeah. Yeah, and then I started taking a chem phys mm. at the high school, and academically, that really taught me hard work, because yeah. that class was hard. But I mean, I also was lucky enough, my dad used to teach chem phys, and he would sit down, and he would help me with the problem sets. Like, I'm lucky I have those resources that help teach me, because yeah. we see... I know so many people because, you know, when they're, they're parents, it's not like what you said with the morals and stuff. Mm. They more just want to make sure their kids are happy and comfortable. Yeah. And they almost just want to give them everything they mm. want because they love this child yeah. so much. Mm. But it's all, they don't know how to love them to, like, build them. They just kind of want to just give them so that way they don't have to work. Like That's like, that I experience work. you can't teach sometimes. Right. Yeah. Like, I want to work. They're like, I work hard so my kids don't have to work. Yeah. But then the kids up, up being spoiled. They're yeah. jerks. Like, they don't mm. really. Because they've never seen it. That's why. Right. They just see all the rewards. They don't see the parents actually, drop, like, right. staying up those late nights or, like, right. putting in the effort. Right. And, and then they just, think it's normal. Yeah. They just say, oh, yeah, he comes back home yeah. and he gives me this. So, like, <laughs> I should yeah. be able to do that type right. of Right. They're like, oh, they get mad when they don't get what they yeah. expect. Like, they're like, oh, they're mad when they don't when they go to you know Cabo instead of Turks. You're right. It's like, dude, you're traveling out mm. of the country, staying at a resort. You know, yeah. like that's it's I, like I, I don't know. I'm I'm just lucky that like you know I go to work. I work at Five and Dime, and there's a good mix of people who work there. Mm. I mean, you got people from like 16 to 40, mm-hmm. you know, 50s mm. managers on the older side, 60s, 70s. But you know, I just go in there and I work hard. Mm. and you know it's not like it's that hard i polish glasses i put Mm. ice in a bucket i take out i change kegs it's not like it's not challenging Mm. but you know i just put my effort into it yeah yeah and it's so funny that that's all you need to do and everyone's like wow you know crazy worker you know they all of a sudden the cooks start hooking you up and yeah people you know start being like wow because so many kids who work there are some of them are these like rich kids Mm. who are working there more just to make a couple bucks for themselves and they have terrible work ethics. Like do you guys manager, get tips? We do. I, yeah. I make out like a bandit because I get bar yeah. tips. And, um, and I get <laughs> 13 an hour with it. Like, come uh-huh. on. That's, oh, wow. That should be illegal. Yeah, huh? that's pretty, I, like, for that's pretty summer good. For a summer job, mm-hmm. I'm doing all right. But, uh, but, you know, I work for it. Like, I'm not just sitting around. But yeah. some mm-hmm. kids, you know, like, oh, we need you to stay in clothes instead. Even though you were going to get let off early, we need you to stay in clothes. And people are like, man, I'm going to quit. I'm like, mm. why? Mm. It's not that big of a deal. Or some people... Like, we have sometimes we just have kids polish the glasses, and I, you know, I'm like, oh, I need this glass, this glass, this glass, and these kids are looking at me like, oh, are you serious, bro? And I'm like, 
you're here to serve the customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Customers need a glass to drink their drink out of. Yeah. You know, if they have you here because I have too much to do or else I'd be doing this. Like, mm-hmm. it's, n- it's not a personal thing. I'm not saying this to make your life worse. Just, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird to see people who are out of touch. One, one place that you guys should go, so like I interned at the, the studio called Noise Floor, right? Where's and that at? It's 320 West Ohio Street in Chicago. Dude, they they went out. I went out with lunch with them right on Friday, and we were, we walked to this place called Fab Cakes, and bro, that whole neighborhood is like a different world mm. in terms of like Chicago. All you have to do is literally go down there and just walk the street. Like I was walking like one day, I was walking a subway, and I'm just walking, and you would think that we're it's like District One in Hunger Games, dog. They wow. in that mug lavish as fuck. Yeah. It's crazy down well, there. It's also River North. Yeah. It's out there. We it's like the popping spot for big clubs. Yeah. Like Steve Aoki performs at clubs there. Mm. Ray Schremer will just pull up and have a set. Mm. Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, it's with Machine Gun Kelly. But yeah. after his set at Lala, he has an after show. You know, the clubs there are crazy. Bottle it, service, yeah. you know, 500 a table, 200 a bottle. Yeah. Like these people are like... They're they're in like another headspace. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. they're not even worried about that either, especially right. for like the cars that we saw. Because we were over there for this one thing that Donna was trying to do, and yeah. there was literally a I think there was like a GL A four hundred five hundred I don't know some Mercedes Benz next to us, <laughs> and then like next in front of us there was an Aston Martin, and I was like, you just don't see those type of shits. All right, especially with right. his like was it Toyota Corolla or whatever that we were in. I was like, yeah. This yeah we we are not fitting into where we are right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah, because anytime you do anything creative, you gotta go outside your bubble yeah. a little bit. Right. But like, outside the bubble is like, I'm scared to to understand what the rest of the United States is because I haven't really traveled outside the Midwest really. So I'm 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 really curious to see like Mad New different. York and the South and, and Dude, California. Dude, you gotta come to New York sometime. Mm-hmm. We'll go sometime. Yeah. You know, remember when we went and like it was like junior year of high school, mm-hmm. and we were in the car, and a bunch of Jamaicans started yelling "LMD, LMD." Yeah, yeah. So that's that's our family. We have some Jamaican family out there. We're gonna actually see them next week in uh, in Queens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and dude, like I love Queens. Mm-hmm. I love Queens. Some people I know who live on the upper west side, they're like, "Why would you ever go to Queens?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, Queens has life. Mm. Let's do, what's got you hot? What's got me hot? What's got you hot right now? I, I know there's something. I don't have anything I got at the moment. Anything, e- even small? I guess tuition. Just paying for college overall. That shit's not, it's not like a controversial topic, but mm. like just how a society we want people to go to college or that narrative is like so instilled in a lot of ways to get jobs and stuff but mm-hmm. then they make it almost impossible for you to be able to pay for it by yourself mm-hmm. like you have to get grants or scholarships or uh, apply for financial aid to be able to hopefully scrape by and then you have to if you're not supported by your parents or other groups mm-hmm. figure out how you're going to pay for other things while you're at college paying for tuition paying for room import and all this other shit and it's it's just a weird thing that I mean, some colleges are trying to fix, but not a lot. Yeah. You hot about anything? Hell yeah. What you hot about? Bro, I'm sick and tired of 
of social media in general, discourse, bro. Talk about and the way any. I just, I'm just matter of fact, I'm just tired of our society in general. Oh. The way everybody talks about everything. Yeah, oh, wow. it's so like short sighted and so bubble oriented. Like nobody thinks with nuance anymore, with context. Everyone is just rambling at the mouth, and then people are bringing jokes into serious topics and then serious topics into jokes and it's just like this weird place of everyone is just running around saying whatever they want no recourse no nothing and it's it's just crazy like for example when when Roe v I know we said we wasn't going to get into it right when Roe v Wade happened right and it dropped like there was distinctly two sides of it right you had people who was who are making jokes right about it and then you had people who were dead set and serious about it and talking about the future and how it affects our country. And it's just like the idea of something so significant where the Supreme Court is breaking down a law that has been in place for decades. And then the first thing people are getting to is troll tweets and jokes from a cartoon Avi. That's, that's what I hate the most is that anybody can really just say whatever and it's like at first i was fine because when we were in like middle school that's when social media was really jumping off yeah and it was fine to joke around but it's like social media impacts so much of our society on like a financial level on a real level where they are actually making things happen based on videos and people are going to jail buying videos and stuff like we're in a society where social media is so important to everything and how little we take it seriously in like our mental health and how it impacts like, lawmakers because they're probably on social media too. Oh, for sure. And they, if they're just in their algorithmic bubble where they're just seeing um, people who think like them politically yeah. and then they're making laws and stuff like that and it only benefits their bubble of people, I think that's what got me angry because like, it's affecting my life. It's affecting all of our lives. And, and people play up. For, people do things just for social media. Right, right. You'll be with someone and their goal... Like, I'll go out to mm. a music festival... People post, 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 post. Mm. I did that at one concert and got roasted so hard. Mm-hmm. I never posted at a concert again. <laughs> or I might post a picture of me on like my private story. Mm-hmm. You know, just some for my friends. Or yeah. like be, do something goofy. Mm. But, you know, some people live for the social media. Like some people, they live to take pictures mm-hmm. to make it look like life is peachy. They right. live to snap at a right angle. Go outside and hoop. Go right. outside and have fun. Touch the grass. Ride your bikes. Hang with your friends. Go right. to the beach. <laughs> jump jump in a pond. I don't know. Smell the air. Hang out. Touch some grass. Touch some grass. I'm gonna play devil's advocate because some people oh, no. some people do need it. some people need that. Like if that's the only motivation that will actually get them to go outside. Mm-hmm. Alright, but what if it was two thousand and eight before social media? And nah, people, that was that was people fun. were that was fun. I feel like social media made people bigger extroverts. Because yeah, they, could they have, had to. Because it made people, it allowed you to be bigger online than you were in real life. Yeah. So why would you go out in real life? Yeah. Think of the metaverse. Everyone's just, it's going to be Wally. I don't think about it. I don't think it's going to be mm. that. And Wally, like, everyone was living in that simulation. Yeah, but then you had those uh, systems, or at least I know there's some devices where you can actually move. And like have that correlate to how you are inside whatever virtual reality. Well, in, in a metaverse, I don't know about met- the uh, metaverse, but I know there's like the one treadmill type thing that people use. Or yeah, but that we're not that. gonna have that. It's it gonna might be worse than Wally. It might mm. not be like that available, but I feel like people that are dedicated to it would start to. I would hope start to use that because 
it's all about ease and making stuff, you know, that's mm. relatively going to make whatever you're doing the easiest pos- the easiest thing possible. And whether that is sitting in a chair and just using your goggles to mm. go to court or whatever. Well, I, th- I think it's fine. It's just that what I'm looking at it is like when it comes to things that are altering our lives, I like because I get it. Like I, I have fun on social media. I just yeah. do whatever. I just cooling. But I talk about like, when it comes to stuff that's actually like impacting how we live and stuff like that, and the way that the algorithms that I created to only kind of feed you the same thing. I'm thinking about it from a position of people who are actually making decisions that affect our lives, and then we as people are just not on the same page as how we should do it. Because think about it. Like, imagine imagine right now, right, the mayor of Illinois, or mayor of Evanston, right, okay. Daniel Bliss, right? Imagine if he's on social media and he's only looking at one group of thought. Like, let's say he wants to raise... The, the the price of transportation in Evanston, right? Mm. Like train transportation yeah. and everything, right? And let's say he's on Facebook or something and he's only seeing people who agree with his idea and then he does that, boom, and bumps it up by like a dollar fifty to public transit. And my my concern is that nobody is thinking of the people who actually have to use that transportation and stuff like that. Because yeah. he's only thinking about like, oh, the money, the economics of it, the the how to bring Evanston into a bigger place. But what about the people who are living in the South Evanston who right. are taking that and nobody's thinking but about But then he that. shouldn't be mayor and then you, know you should thinking, vote though? differently. What? If he's really going to Twitter, like uh-huh. how there's two Evanstons, there's two Twitters. <laughs> the Twitter he's on yeah. is not going to be the Twitter that's going to be against the raising price of public not transportation. Not at all. Right. right. Confirmation bias. Yeah, that's that's just what has me hot right now. Mm. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. Because it, it, it's like, it's just so... Weird to see how how much social media just changes uh the conversation. Oh yeah, because like so many people are just so combative about things when you come in real life because of social media, and I'm just like it's not that deep. Yeah, but social media got people thinking that simple things are like life or death. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's really just got me hot. All right, thank you for tuning into the first episode of Under the Skylights with the Young XP in Conville. We were joined today by Stefan Frost. Yes, sir. You can check us out Spotify, Apple, um, you know, YouTube. Stefan, anything you want to say to the people? Where can the uh, people find you, man? Where can we find me you? on Instagram. What's that? What's it's the at? What's the handle? Stefan underscore Frost. What's the Tinder? Very confidential. You can't search people on Tinder, but you can? I am if you on see there. Stefan on Tinder. No. That's a right swipe. Oh, That's yeah, a right swipe. That's an auto right. Give me, give me that super like if you can. Super Ooh. like. Ooh. Ooh. But yeah, that's really where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, if you want to ever get in contact with me, just look for socials. What's the email, man? What's the, what's we're, the not, we're not re- releasing the email. <laughs> the Xbox is only for the guys. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, that's all I really have to say for my uh, my little out, outgoing message, I guess. Yeah. All right. And we'll see you next time. Yes, sir.